Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. This is the Just Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. I am Andrew Desimone. I'm here with... Kryler Gracie. And big news today. You got a haircut. I did get a haircut. Yeah, I needed it. You haven't had a haircut since when? January. (laughs) (laughs) January. So you have about... 11 months of growth ten, you had ten, ten, 10 months, months of yeah. growth on your hair on your head and you shed it how do you feel that the same it's just hair <laughs> when's the last time your hair was that long uh, probably around high school because when i met you and since it's always been short since i met you it's always been short yeah, i don't look good with long hair but i had long hair in high school what made you keep the long hair this long my wife was like just grow it because you can't get it cut anyways and then I was like, okay, I don't have to look at it. So I'm like, okay. Whatever. But you could have gotten it cut for the last five months. Yeah, but she just said, just keep keep it going. I'm like, okay. Wait, who, who said this? Taylor. Taylor, okay. Yeah, and I don't have to look at it. You know, I'm not, you know, it doesn't matter to me. Does that mean that she likes the shaggy look? No, but see, she did. She was liking it. And then she was like, yeah, that needs to go. So I think it got to a threshold where it just it just needed to go. I'd love to know what <laughs> it what what it was that broke the camel's a back. A couple weeks ago, she was like, that needs to go. So She must have seen you from an angle where like one hair was sticking out in one way. And she thought, right. no, this isn't the man that I love. Something. <laughs> well, now you, you have short hair. You have a little bit of scruff, but not a ton. No. You look like someone that I wouldn't have to be fearful of crossing the street or walking past. I guess that's a good thing. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Cause the way you've looked lately, if we lived in my old neighborhood and you were walking around with that kind of hair, people would, you might get some cops called. Is that that what you're saying? Yeah. They'd say, look at this scruffy. Which which side would have been the snitch? Hmm. Which, what were the sides? Yeah, the high sock wearing the high socks and, and the the no socks. The no socks. See, yeah. As soon as I left, I cut it out of my 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 head because I had a lot of PTSD from from the from that lifestyle. Now I'm in just nice and a quiet development where people. I think the median age is probably probably thirty to forty, and there aren't nearly as many gunshots as there used to be. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a good thing. But you do scare, I think, the neighbors still. It's particularly the neighbor right next to me, because when when <laughs> e- for for some reason every time you show up, you, I don't know if you time it this way. No, it just happens that way. But they're walking to their door, and Croiler's like right behind them, yeah. and and it's a door right by mine, and Croiler's just like and behind, she's, and she's like your size. Yeah, and, and I think there's me, and her hands <laughs> trembling as she tries to <laughs> unlock her door with. With this big gorilla behind her. <laughs> okay, well, today's episode is on triangles. Last week, we talked a little bit about triangles when we talked about Khabib. Yes. Let's start by talking about him again and the triangle that he hit uh-huh. on Gagey. Well, what, what was your what's your critique of that triangle? It looked it looked like it was a pretty no, it was, smooth it was, transition. It was slick because um, he was he was mounted. So, he faked the, the head and arm, the arm got exposed, and he, he stepped over for the triangle. It started to, I think a lot of people would notice, he started to set it up with that leg behind, Gagey's on his back, he started to get that leg behind the head, right? And then and then Gagey starts to sit up. You think that he was baiting him where he starts to kind of fall to the side and Gagey? No, I think, you know, um, I, think the, I think the arm bar was gonna be the, the go-to um, originally was the plan because it's a 
you know, even if even if Gaethje doesn't tap, which he claims he doesn't normally tap, um, you know, a broken arm you can't fight that much mm-hmm. longer, right? Um, he actually did tap. The referee just didn't didn't care. You're right. Yes. Yeah, he tapped, and yes. you're watching, going, "Why is the referee yeah, not?" The, you know, it was, it was like just he was like, "I guess I just want to see a death in the UFC today." <laughs> um, no, but afterwards, uh, Khabib did an interview where he talked about. Um, that triangle armbar combo being one of his dad's favorite techniques and talked about how he wanted to do that for his dad, but he also didn't want to break Gaethje's arm in front of his parents. So he says he switched to the triangle because of it. That's a special kind of competitor who can keep in his mind, all right, obviously, primary, I want to win, but also... I want to win this way. I want to win in a way that (laughs) doesn't cause a lot of stress to the parents of the person I'm fighting. (laughs) So that combo, do you see that a lot, that type of armbar triangle combo? Yeah. Yeah, Why do those go so well together? Um, Generally speaking, um, uh, Omoplata, triangle, armbar, those three submissions are very interwoven and very interconnected so it's so easy to combo off from one to the other you know from triangle to one plata or triangle to armbar armbar to triangle armbar to one plata one plata to armbar like it's so easy to to kind of just chain and keep a cycle you know a cycle there a vicious cycle there that you can continue to attack plus all the supporting techniques that go with it um uh, that's why it's common i think as i'm thinking about the three of those the one thing that keeps coming to mind as far as the similarity between them is I keep thinking of just really getting your your groin right behind their shoulder. Like either all three of those, you have to have yeah, that, correct? Yeah, the the groin around the shoulders, give or take. I mean, it depends on how you're setting up the triangle, how you're setting up the armbar and stuff, right? But um, I guess the biggest thing is your legs are isolating, right? So your legs isolate the, the head and arm. So you have a triangle. Uh, your legs isolate the arm. You have an old plot or an armbar. So the transfer off there is easy. I think because everything is so isolated. And the opponent becomes so top heavy and so the the attacked body part is so removed from everything else that's hard to get your legs in for for defenses it's hard to get your free arm in for defenses like everything's kind of compromised it's been around in jujitsu since i mean i think i think um so i i uh you know, I've, I started looking up triangle history back when i started training with marcia way back in the day the thing with with triangles is there are references in old judo books um, of triangles being done. Not necessarily references as to when or how. Um, it was, to my understanding, mostly a situational thing. You land here, you're kind of in the spot, you throw up a triangle. That and 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 by old Japanese books, I mean like pre-judo rules, right? So once modern judo rules take over and Shigoro Kano forward triangles kind of disappear a little bit out of judo because the rules prevented triangles from happening so in judo there's level rules like you can't be in different levels and fight and things like that so a triangle kind of lost its glamour so to speak um and then it 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 was obviously passed on that's how my family came about jiu-jitsu right they didn't discover these things so um I thought the story is God came down, oh, is that and he right? wrote on some tablets to Elio and Carlos. Yeah, no, that's, that's that story is incorrect. Uh, so, you know, I mix that up with the Moses story oh, a lot. Okay, then, well, then I, I, I guess that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, so, the 
I don't think triangles were offensively used or even effectively used until probably around 65, 75. You say they weren't offensively used. So right. you th- they were before that used more in a defensive way? I think they were more situational. I happen to be here. I think I can do this and apply this choke. I think it was more of a situation that you're half lucky, half aware, half capable, and you get this outcome. Do you think part of it not being used was people... It can be something where... It's, it can be a submission where you are susceptible to a lot of things if you don't know how to defend against them. Like, you could get stacked. Right. You could have trouble just closing it because you're like, this person's too big to close it on. The failure rate, if it fails, it's usually a catastrophic fail. And in that time when jujitsu was really right. just survival, street right. stuff, that's that was important. Very, very important, right? And, and I think, too, um, you have to keep in mind that jujitsu started small, right? So, you know, uh, Count Koma comes to Brazil and teaches... Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, a.k.a. Judo, to my grandfather, or to Elio, uh, sorry, to Carlos, who taught to my grandfather, Elio, and they basically took it for what it was. This is the way to fight, right? And then through trial and error, they realized that they couldn't quite be as effective as the Japanese were with Judo. They weren't as big, they weren't as powerful. So modifications started happening. You started seeing the advent of close guard being an effective weapon, effective tool. Um, And then it became what it was as a means of self-defense and as a means of, of actual fighting, like you talked about. So in those scenarios, you know, if if you learned a triangle from somebody and then you, they, they told you, hey, this is a technique you're never really gonna pull off because it's a bad day and if it fails, you're in the bottom and they're on top and they're hitting you. And then you're smaller than the person that taught it to you and they're telling you that's a bad idea. You might just avoid that all around, mm-hmm. right? And And I think, the technique was passed on roughly between people as kind of like a bonus technique or something cool to show off, but not necessarily as in a, as a, a real effective method. Right. Um, and then as the sport grows, you have more and more people developing things and working things and, um, adding to the combined knowledge, so to speak. So remember if there's only five people that are, practicing together jiu-jitsu is only going to grow it's going to grow much slower than if there's 500 people training together so between you know 1920s and 1960s there's a big big growth in jiu-jitsu you went from a few dozen people to maybe a few hundred people and today's standards that's not very fast but back then there wasn't social media you know there wasn't the transportation wasn't as easy so now you have hundreds of people doing this and practicing and different inputs, different perspectives, different points of view, and all of a sudden, different experiences, right? Body types, and then all of a sudden, you saw techniques that weren't as casual, they weren't as frequently trained, like ankle locks and wrist locks, all of a sudden become more relevant, like the triangle. I think the triangle became more relevant in, in the late 60s, early 70s, um, because the, the sport was growing and more people with, with like different body types and experiences were coming in. Were there individuals who started to pioneer it or started to bring it to so mainstream? If you speak to Marcio Stambowski, he'll tell you no. He'll tell you that that was not him. But if you speak to anybody else in the family or anybody else around that time, they will all tell you that 
Mauricio Stambowski was the reason the triangles exist today. I think there's a clip of Hickson on yeah. Joe Rogan, right? Specifically right. calling Marcio out and saying that, right? So Marcio took what was what I thought, what I think at the time was a casual look slash situational position, and made it into an offensive weapon. And he really kind of was the the first true master of triangles. Do you think it helped that he has a very long body? I think it was a technique that I think his body perfectly suits the needs of a triangle. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think, and I think because of that, he was more comfortable exploring that because his success rate was better than your average person from the get go. Right. right. What kind of stuff did he bring to the table to make triangle, to make the triangle what it is today for people to say, this has some, some I validity. Think, I think, um, I think at the beginning, it was something that he was able to catch catch people unaware because people made they may have known but not cared because it wasn't a high level high success rate technique, and because he was practicing a lot, it became a high success submission for him. So he learned different setups that people weren't aware of because he was trying it all the time. And I don't think it was until he was actively competing that people were like, "Oh shit!" Like this cat is catching people in a triangle all the time, and and. That, that was pretty much his signature submission for, for the longest time. So when you were training with Marcio, did you did you try to pick his brain about the early, those early times of the triangle? And I know you said yeah. he's too humble of a guy to say. Yeah, he'll never say that he did it. He, he always claims that Holes taught him everything. Mm-hmm. You know, even the sweep that he created, he still says Holes taught him that one, you know. So, um, so no, I think, I think, you know, from talking to him, he... The, the biggest thing with him is not only was he ahead of his time in, in setups and the way he was going about setting up a triangle because remember before people weren't setting it up they were just throwing it out there and hoping it works he was actually working on active setups and active angles and trees and stuff and then once he was getting to triangles uh, he he not only perfected the, the, the finishing mechanic the choking mechanic of the triangle he also he started studying, you know, how, how do I branch off? Like if an if a triangle fails because I did something wrong or I'm, I'm not so far ahead with the guy. And then he learned follow-ups to the triangle or, or techniques that he can do a horizontal transfer into. Um, what do you mean a horizontal transfer into? Where you go from uh, equal footing to equal footing. So um, let's say a, a vertical transfer is either up or down, right? So Oh, I, okay. You see what I'm saying? So like yeah. if, if I'm in top mount and you you know, roll me over, that's a horizontal transfer because I still have the advantage in close guard. Now, if you, you know, shrimp out and you go to close guard and I'm in your close guard now, that was a, a vertical transfer down because I went to a, a worse position. I see. So, um, so you know, where he did horizontal transfers into arm bars and platas, you know, and things like that, sweeps. Um, and, and, more fascinating than that is he continues to study the triangle so he will tell you that how he does triangles today is better than how he was doing them back in the day because he's got experience on his side right i mean i don't know how many triangles you've done or how many triangles you've been stacked on and then you know there's... i've definitely been stacked on a lot <laughs> yeah yeah you ever have the pain in the back of your neck from uh, being stacked on yeah, yeah. so like when when you're you know we're young 
it's easy to just go for that triangle even like even though you know you're gonna you know feel it in your neck tomorrow you're like whatever it fucking doesn't matter you know and then but when you get older that's not necessarily the case because that may not just be a pain in your neck that may be an injury mm-hmm. right so he modifies a triangle or he looks for ways to save his body while maintaining the highest level of pressure and, and, and efficacy um and it's fantastic. Uh, anybody ever gets a chance to train with Marcio, they should. And if you ever get a chance to be um, a Nuki or a Demi for, for him, for his triangles, you should. It's probably the closest thing to death you'll ever feel. It's fascinating. So he doesn't go easy on his Nukis, you're saying? I'm saying his triangles are incredibly, incredibly tight. It's it's, And it's a different feeling in a triangle. Like I've been triangled a lot, and it's... There's triangles where you're like, okay, I can kind of last this. There's somewhere like, okay, this sucks, and there's somewhere like, ah, you know, I might tap here, but I can, I can, I can give him, you know, you know, college try and see if I can get out. And there's somewhere like I'm just caught, and then there's him where it's not even that you're caught. You don't care that you're caught. You just don't want to die. Like there, there's a different level there. Is it just there's you're being like the walls closing in on every angle? The, the the way he squeezes, the way he flexes, the way he tightens everything, the angles are all perfect. Um, it's just a different bite. It's just, it, it, it like, you, what goes through your head is not like I'm being choked or I can't breathe or I might go to sleep. It's literally like, this may not end well. It's like a pan- quick panic. <laughs> yeah, like, like this, this he, you know, if he doesn't let go, I may just not, not survive this. Did you learn a lot? about triangle from training with him yeah and I, I thought i knew a lot about triangles before going to train with him and and i thought you know i thought i was i knew everything as a purple belt and and um i still learn about the triangle from him um i visit him as much as i can but yeah i think i've picked up quite a bit of of triangle knowledge from mostly by asking but also by being dummy mm-hmm. you learn a lot by being the person that's being you know used so to speak you mentioned he- He's learned over the years how to still have a triangle game, even as your body uh, it might get a little more risky. You, what is what has he done? What, what it, you said? Oh well, to prevent from getting stacked and a, a neck injury. Was there anything specific he told you about that? Because yeah, so um, so you know he talks about like kind of knowing your enemy. You know, so if if I triangle you. I don't care if you stack me, like I'm way bigger than you, like the odds of you injuring me, even if I was older, are very slim, right? Mm-hmm. But if you triangle me, even now, because I'm so much bigger, there's a risk of injury, right? So knowing your opponent, so like knowing how to position yourself on the bottom as you're applying the triangle can prevent you from being stacked. Or even if you are stacked, it can lessen the amount of damage or risk you have to your neck or to your shoulders, to your back. Um, your knees, you know, um, guys that have knee in- that have knee issues like like Claude, um, you know, learning how to triangle around those knee injuries can can be beneficial too. And he's got all of those tidbits of information. But that's what you get after you know fifty some years of jujitsu. So let's talk just about the fundamentals right now of a okay. good triangle. You're starting off. You're telling someone about a triangle. What's the what are what's the most important concept to understand about the triangle? that every step in in a triangle in a proper triangle setup is a finishing step so kind of like the rear naked choke right yes, like a rear naked choke like any good any good choke every step should be capable of finishing the submission on its own 
you're only adding layers of security and extra power, but but it not necessarily like diminishing the the submission itself. So, um, so let's say you have for a triangle, right? Let's say you have a leg over over their shoulder, a leg under their arm on the opposite side armpit, and you have your feet crossed behind them, right? So yeah, they have one arm between your legs, one head between in their head between your legs, and one arm is outside of your legs. Um, the first thing to do is to to what we call in our school to bite, right? And rebite as many times as necessary. And the bite is simply going to be, um, let's say it's your left leg over their shoulder. So it's your right hand grabs your left shin over their shoulder. You're going to put your right foot in the hip. You're going to push, 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 create an angle to where your left heel clears their shoulder line. Once it clears the shoulder line, you lock the triangle in place. You're going to go toast to the ceiling. You're going to uh, pinch your knees, flex your thighs, and then you're gonna hip up to transfer their arm across the belly. You're gonna grab the head. I know a lot of people grab the knee now, and that's horrible. Don't ever do that. Grab the head, and you're gonna pull the head down to your belly, and then you're gonna hip up through the ceiling. Why not grab the knee? Um, so um, pressure is f- uh, f- force with a direction, right? Being applied to surface area. What does that mean? It means that the the greater the surface area, if you don't increase your amount of force that you can deliver, but you increase the surface area, you become weaker, right? So think pounds per square inch. If I can put one pound of force in one inch, it's one pound per one square inch. If I apply one pound of force in 10 square inches, I'm one-tenth as powerful, right? Mm-hmm. So I can grab the head and deliver my whole power in pulling the head down, or I can hug my knees and tried to pull that down, right? Hugging my knees is a much bigger surface area and it mm. diminishes the amount of power I can give. Okay. Um, that got started a long time ago because kids can't pull the head in triangles. So coaches started telling their, the kids to hug the knees because you can hug the knees but not hug the head. Well, those kids are now black belts and that's how they're passing the knowledge on. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I started doing jujitsu, I thought, Oh, why? Why do I want the arm in here? If I got the arm out, isn't that going to be? Isn't isn't tighter, that going right? to be tighter yeah. if I just have their neck? Yeah. That's why is that not the case? Because the shoulder blocks one side of the neck, right? So the shoulder blocks one side of the neck, and your hamstring blocks the other, and that's how we can finish it. What are you doing in that initial setup to get your top leg all the way? to the other side of their body by that shoulder so you can lock this right. up. So yeah, we, t- we the way I went by a little quick, but I talked about grabbing the shin over their shoulder, mm-hmm. placing your now your free leg on the hip and then pushing off the hip and moving your head away from your opponent. And as you shift that angle, your heel will clear the shoulder and that'll make your opponent smaller and you should be able to close the triangle then. Are there some people where you just, you, you won't even, you can't get it so? Oh no, this is what you would do to deal with people that are bigger than you. So you're saying I could hit a triangle on any size individual? Yes. Yeah, up, of course, to an extreme, <laughs> you know, absurd size difference, yes. Right. And it, it's all just angle. It's just turning those, turning my turning my hips Correct. so that I can close that. Right. Now, another part of a size disparity, even if I can close that, I lock it up. You get stacked. What's the easiest way? What's the good way to prevent that? So the easiest way to stop yourself from getting stacked is to shoulder walk. Shoulder walk away from your opponent's head. That way they kind of fall into the triangle versus getting over it. Really, because you're only getting stacked because they're able to get their 
chest and your legs over your shoulders. So if you keep shoulder walking away, your legs will always be in front of you and they can never really get over you. And is that causing, if moving farther away from that, is that causing more pressure on them that's making it? A lot of weight on the back of their head because they're having to hold, they're having to hold this, essentially this bridge, right, on their shoulders and eventually they fall. Okay. Another way I'll see people do it is grabbing the leg. Right, so that answers a different situation, right? Mm -hmm. So hooking the leg prevents you from being picked up. So early on, the most common defense for for a triangle, if stacking wasn't working, was to pick the opponent up and spike him. So when you hook the leg, they can't lift you past wherever you hooked the heel. Now what about times where you, I, I, don't remember if it's been you or Victor, a brown belt at our school, who will, it's on a lot of chokes, will give the advice of like just, like a choke's a slow, can be a slow burn. Don't right. don't think, oh, I'm squeezing. Right. It's not happening. Right. Move on to the next thing. Right. So a choke, uh, any choke you should be able, you, should, you need to be able to deliver a sufficient amount of power for a for about 15 seconds that's what you want to deliver is the highest amount of power you can for about 15 seconds straight um most people treat chokes like joint locks where they go maximum amount of power for about two seconds in an in an, in an arm bar as an example that works right because you feel your elbow breaking so you tap and you know that if you if you don't tap that elbow is going to be destroyed well in a choke what you're doing is depriving the brain of oxygen right and that takes time like mm-hmm. it takes time to, for that to affect somebody's brain. So what you need is roughly six seconds of, of interruption to render somebody unconscious. And if you go 100% with your choke, especially like in a big uh, choke like a triangle where you use your legs and you use 100% of your leg power for five seconds, and then you burn your legs out and you let go, your opponent is still unfazed and he'll still keep going. Mm-hmm. Right? He may be happy that you let go, but he's not like he wasn't harmed by it, he wasn't injured by it, he wasn't slowed down by it, right? Where if you can hold it for six seconds, that person is unconscious now, right? So it's important that we can maintain a, a high level of power for about 15 seconds. Why 15 seconds? Because it's two and a half times the amount of time you need to put somebody out. And I don't know how many chokes I've escaped because I've just kind of poker faced through it. Right. Where you're there thinking, oh, that is tight. Just, okay, just try to like be calm. Pretend like right. there's nothing wrong. You can fake people out. And the, someone lets go. And a lot of times if they let go and I'm like, whoa, man, you right. you had that. You, you only, only... I'm only alive because you thought that you right. should just give up on this. Yeah, and people are afraid to burn their arms out or their, or their legs in a choke because they don't see an immediate response, but a choke is not an immediate response. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a delayed response, right? All right, when you're teaching triangles to people, what, do, what are common mistakes you see with new people and what are common mistakes you see with people who've been doing, like let's say like the purple belts, like up there to used okay. to... So the triangles I see, the, the issues I see a lot with triangles in, in beginners is the understanding that they can, if you look at a white belt doing a triangle, unless it's a very focused, educated, and educated meaning like 
experienced mm. white belt that's done a lot of classes on triangles. Generally speaking, um, beginners are triangling their their entire upper body. They're like they're just you know taking their shoulder blade, their rib cage, their neck, whatever they whatever their legs can close around, and they're just squeezing. Mm-hmm. And and again, it goes back to the surface area pressure uh, force situation, right? If you close around their shoulder blade and their rib cage and their torso, can you choke them? Absolutely, but it's going to take way more power because there's way more surface area. In in the color belts, um, particularly let's say like purple belts, the the issue isn't so much the surface area as it is angling. So um, some people will, especially purple belts, because they like the teenagers of jujitsu, right? They tend <laughs> to throw it's up a Paul Elliott. It term, is, right? it is, but it's so accurate. Yeah, and, and I like it more and more. The more I use it, the more I like it. Um, but it's though they're going, they're submitting, and they're needing it to work for the sake of the submission. They're not thinking big picture, right? They're not thinking this may fail because I'm getting stacked, or this may fail because they're bigger than me, or I may hurt my lower back with this, or lower or hurt my knees with this. So they will force through the submission to make it work um, and it hurts their body, damages their body. I, I did that, you know, um, where I think if if they understand that, hey, it's okay to do horizontal transfers, you know, into other submissions and, and, and be successful there, that's okay too. It doesn't mean your triangle failed. Your triangle is simply a, a, a way to set up your, your next attack mm-hmm. because a triangle is more than just submission. It's also a position, a form of control. What is the state of triangle today in? Oh, I think you see, you see it all the time. Gi, no gi, it doesn't matter. It's it's literally a, now it's a key fundamental, key stable, you know, like this is like a fundamental jujitsu. Like you need to know a triangle at, at all levels. Um, Do you see it? Is it evolving a lot or is it, is it? stayed no i think same to what it has always been i think it's i think what we're seeing more of is we're seeing more people um the triangle itself has not changed i think what we're seeing is um people looking to apply it different ways so people are now using it to apply it as a form of control so necessarily they're not even looking for the choke itself they're just more looking for a way to control the upper body so they can attack the arm or do other things Mm -hmm. um and you see it People are applying now from top mount, and that's much now. Back in like the late '90s, you saw in the advent of triangles from the top, from side mount, top mount, knee and belly. Um, now you're seeing triangles from the back. But again, this is not recent. Now you saw triangles from the back in the early 2000s. I think it's just becoming the information is so much more readily available, mm-hmm. and you see more people trying it earlier on. Okay. All right. Well. That's going to be it for today's triangle episode. Let's do a listener question before Sounds before good. we end this. All right. First question is from Felix on Instagram, and Felix says, "Well, he's listening from Germany." Okay. Okay. Well, we were in Germany last year, so we've. Where it was a great time. It was. It was a lot of fun. Went to where was it? Baden Baden. We went to Black Forest. Black Forest and Stuttgart. Yes, and so. Went to a couple other places too, but not not for long. Yeah, we drove quickly. We had some good drinks, some 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 okay food. Yeah, and the cake was good. The cake was good. Yeah, I had cake there. Yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous natural beauty. Yeah, and and lots of great cool art. Just the architecture mm-hmm. and the art was awesome. 
Yeah. All right. He says, grappling dads brought me to listen to you. Okay, food. <laughs> okay, but yeah. The food, it's true. It's true. The food true. that we had, I'm yeah. not saying all of Germany, but the food Just, we had. Yeah, it was okay. It filled our bellies. Yeah. Yeah. But the drinks were good. <laughs> and it went along well with our drinks. Yeah. yeah. The drinks were good. Yeah. Uh, so he says, grappling dads, please don't judge me, brought me to listen to you guys. And I've really enjoyed the episodes. Listening to the episode, listening to the episodes dealing with fads and trends, you talked about Turtle Guard, among other positions. I wanted to ask Croiler about his opinion on the work of... Prit Nick Mickelson? Yeah. He says, who is a strong proponent of turning south back to defend attacking opponents. In addition to that, I'd love to listen to Croiler discussing the other positions Prit promotes, like Hawking, Running Man, and Panda. Yeah. Okay. So I've never actually met Prit. Um, I know people that know both him and I, um, and people that said that he, he thinks a lot like I do as far as like how he breaks down techniques and combines and, and, and et cetera. I think where there is a misconception between how I feel and how he feels is where he's a strong advocate saying that there is a strong benefit to turtling or to exposing your back or to, you know, uh, exposing that weakness there. And where I'm against exposing that weakness and exposing your back and turtling is not so much whether it's right or wrong to turtle. It's when, how, and what means are we applying the defense, right? So for me, to anytime an escape of a position or a submission implies going into further trouble, that is not optimal, right? So I shouldn't, my escape for an arm bar shouldn't be to walk into a triangle. Like that's not an optimal way to go. Mm. So for me, you should never expose your back. You should never expose yourself to turtle. Never leave your neck hanging out. Never leave your arm hanging out, right? Those are all bad. They lead to bad things. Now, with that said, should you need to escape? Meaning, if the opponent forces you to turtle, or if the opponent forces you to expose your back, the opponent manages to isolate an arm, manages to isolate your neck, you need to be well-versed in defending from those positions. You see, so it's not that... You know, I don't. I teach all my guys how to defend turtle. I teach them all how to defend their back, how to prevent back exposure. I teach all that, but to me, that's not the primary way to go. Like to me, those defenses, how good they are or how good they're not, needs to be a less case resort because going further into trouble to get out of trouble is never a logical path, right? Now we're. Prit goes about it is he says, Hey, this is an under underdeveloped part of jujitsu. You look at wrestling, you look at sambo, you look at MMA, um, they all turtle and they're fine. Right? Yes. Sure. Can we learn from them? Absolutely. Is, is Prit right in that sense that can we take from those martial arts and add it to jujitsu and better our defenses from turtle or defenses from ex- back exposure. I think Hawking and running man are on your, on your side with your back exposed, you know? So like, are you, you know, should you learn those techniques to defend when that's those situations happen? Absolutely. 100%. I think where the disagreement comes in is where I'm like, you should only do those techniques if you're forced into those positions. Pritz says, Hey, if they're good enough, you should just go there anyways. It might be a better yielding 
outcome, you know, better, better yielding approach. Um, so I think that's where we differ. We don't so much disagree on the value of the techniques as much more of, I think those techniques should be used regardless of how good they are only as a last case scenario, as you are forced into a situation, you have no other option. And he argues that those should be used as a, as a beginning place as, as an earlier set of defenses, because it, you can be more successful long run. So it's, it's not a question of the, the techniques value, but when the application should occur, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and, and to me, like you have to also keep in mind, like, you know, rule sets, you have to keep in mind, um, settings that you're in. You have to look at, you know, is this like in your school? Is this in a tournament? Is this in MMA? Is this in, in wrestling? Is this just in grappling period, right? All those different rules, even in jujitsu, there's so many rule settings. So how you perform under each rule setting, which technique is more applicable will depend on the rules. Um, like I said, it's not that techniques don't have value, but generally speaking, I'm yet to see somebody win the world tournament by exposing their back, mm. you know, or or even any high level competition by exposing their back or, or going to turtle or any of those things. Again, not to say there's not value in them. It's just to me, it doesn't seem like the logical way to get out of a bad position is to get into a worse one, mm. potentially get into a worse one, right? Because yeah. you, you may not get there if you escape before, but still. That makes sense. It'd be fun to hear you guys have a conversation just about that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, somebody tagged both of us in a thing on Facebook a couple months ago, and him and I kind of talked back and forth for, I don't know, maybe about a half an hour or an hour. Um, and, and, you know, and, and I get from his side, like, he's very defensive because he's a, a pioneer, so to speak, on mm-hmm. that approach of back exposure and turtling and as a means of defense. I, I get it. He's defending his, his thesis, so to speak, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm just somebody who's just saying, Hey, I don't think that's a good thesis. Right. Right. But, but it's not so much that my point of view does not devalue his ability or his approach. I just think that the application needs to be the priority in the application needs to be a little bit different. I prioritize not exposing my back to the, at, at any time and only performing those techniques, whether they're his or anybody else's, um, in a situation where I must, like there's no other option where he is so confident in his ability that he'd rather go there first. Mm. So, okay. Well, Felix, that was a good question. Yeah, that was good. Uh, we are going to call that quits on this episode and we will see you guys next week.